is Dennis Michelson. Welcome to the Data Lab on For Frequency's Sake. Joining me as he does each and every week as we take a deep dive down into the statistical data studies. He is the professor. It's John Bush. John, welcome back. Hey, Dennis. It's uh, coming into week three here. The, you know, we our teams, there's good news. There's not so good news. Uh, injuries and controversies, uh, people throwing uh, boxing there in Tampa Bay and <laughs> New Orleans. I was uh, a certain wide receiver will not be playing for me this week on a bunch of my teams. I got notification. He suspended Mr. Evans there, Mr. Uh, Hothead Evans here. I'm going to give him a new nickname. So that's uh, the as his fantasy coach, I did not approve of that kind of activity. I'm sure that hurts his feelings when he hears about that. Oh, I think you're going to have him running some virtual stairs, you know, virtual. during his off week. Yeah. You know, I'm just calling him Sugar Ray Evans. That's that's what I'm calling him from now on. But, uh, yeah, I, I hated to see that because I got a lot of exposure in Dynasty Leagues with Evans. And, you know, yep. it's slim pickings in some of these leagues to try to find anybody else. But But here's the cool thing. We're two weeks in, and there's two schools of thought when it comes to fantasy football Twitter. One, of course, is it's too early to panic. And the other is, oh, we know exactly how these guys are going to be based on the first two weeks. The truth is a little bit of both of those worlds because sometimes as few as two data points here in the new season because we have 32 data points coming in with the 16 games before actually 33 games now from the previous two seasons to look at but adding two more data points with some guys you see the pattern with some guys you don't see the pattern yet and you know volume and chasing volume is a rule of thumb that i use uh i like to go and look at how teams are behaving and so that's kind of a top down. What's the landscape on the team? And then to me, bottom up, looking at what the players are doing kind of individually and certainly on a team, but then focus on the players. So I hope that the top down and bottom up allows us to not lose any information. That's what I call it. The biggest concern I have is in season is I'm I'm gonna call it loss of information but I become blind to something that I should be seeing and you know it's the unknown unknown you know I don't know what I just missed so if you get too narrow or you get too broad you, you risk losing information and so that balance I think that's the art even though we're data folks there is an art to this as well and finding that balance to not lose i guess the focus yet be broad enough to make sure i'm i'm catching some of these outliers and uh, what ifs what why did that happen that's strange 
You know, those are kind of questions that should inspire you. How did this happen? Where did this player come from? Why is this occurring on this team? That could be telling you something. And so we need to pay attention to that. Oh, yeah. And after we uh, recorded our shows last week, of course, quickly we saw the news that Michael Pittman was not going to play for Indianapolis. And, you know, it it perplexed me, Professor, because we saw the outpouring of Hines to the moon. Naeem Hines is going to have a great week. And my question was, how many more times is he going to line up on the field this week versus the previous week because he's a running back and they have a pretty good one by the name of Jonathan Taylor, who's also pretty good coming out of the backfield to catch passes. So I immediately looked at that landscape of data and people were thinking Michael Strahan, uh, Strahan, S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N, pronounced Strahan for some reason, or Ashton Doolin, or Paris Campbell to the moon. Well, I said Paris Campbell has never been outside of Indy, let alone to the moon when it comes to fantasy football. So I didn't see that. And I planted my flag immediately that based on volume, because he had six targets the week before when Pittman was healthy, that Ashton Doolin was the guy to own. And he didn't have a huge game because nobody on Indianapolis had a huge game last week getting shut out. But he was serviceable as a replacement because he got you over 10 points. And if you're looking for a replacement, especially in Deep Dynasty, as a late replacement because you have that last flex to fill, I'll take 10 or 12 points and, and say thank you very much, especially when I got them for basically free. And so this is it, is we have active studies going on right now that, quite honestly, we're not sure what they mean. You know, I've got a study that I'm doing about landmark games. When we see a big landmark game like Tua and Waddle and Hill put together, was it the defense? Was it just game situation? Is this a sign that we're going to see more of this in the future? What does the past tell us? And We don't have enough data points, but we've got to try to sort that data out and follow. And this is going to be a great ongoing data study here. No, it's not going to help you for 2022, but it might help you for 23 or 24. Trying to forecast the future. You're right. It is not. There's a science that goes into looking at the data, but there's an art form in how to use and interpret and activate that data for use on your fantasy football team and one of my favorite things to do we have a dynasty best ball team which is a very unusual format they have a dynasty best ball team so we didn't care about ages when we drafted guys because we wanted to win this year so we have brady on the team we have Tua on the team thank goodness because i saw his big game potential with all those weapons and so we've got these options But every week, Professor, I go shopping for the guy that might be able to help us if some of our stars do not have a good game. And I'm basing that all on either red zone targets because you want a lot of touchdown producers on your best ball team or guys that get volume. And we picked up Dorch from Arizona two weeks ago based on the first week of volume that he got. 
and last week he paid a dividend right away for us yep. for week two. So you can mine this data if you know how to incorporate it within your league structure. I think my first uh, exposure to, let's call it time-sensitive data or time-series data was actually the, the horse racing uh, investments that I would do. You would hear calls of early money. Yes. You would hear calls of late money. And there was always schools that would say early money is telling you something and others would say late money. So I certainly figured, let me look at early activity. Does that tell us anything? So I've got a kind of a study looking at that. And I don't know if you want me to call some names, but I've got some interesting within two weeks some say running backs that are intriguing to me on their targets uh i'll go ahead and say i think yeah Bur burkhead uh uh eno benjamin zach moss and gainwell are those that i think you probably uh, might be able to pick up in you know more espn yahoo type leagues maybe short shallow benches and they may be just a one week replacement or something but there's you know given their activity they might be somebody that will pay off throughout the season on and off so it's kind of a streaming thing threaded backs you know they're just not going to get as many targets as uh, wide receivers and you know tight ends kind of in between a little bit so but uh, PPR leagues you're interested in uh, uh, running back so those are the four there so uh, before I go to tight ends Dennis you have any thoughts about those four yeah I, I really like the you know Benjamin call uh, mm -hmm. indeed because Eno's on a team right now where uh, James Conner also got a little banged up. So yeah. he's the, you know, it's Daryl Williams or it's Eno Benjamin. Both are kind of equally good coming out of the backfield, but Daryl Williams hasn't been playing. Eno Benjamin has. So <laughs> I think Eno Benjamin is going to be the choice um, that you want to have. And, you know, it's, this is the time of the year as running backs start to go down that I like to load up on what I call my PPR all-stars, which are sometimes still available in a remarkable number of redraft leagues. So Eno Benjamin and Burkhead would be added to guys like J.D. McKissick and Jamal Williams who are going to get targets and they're going to get some touches out of the backfield on some draw plays and some other running plays because they're on the field so and and right now jd mckissick 58 percent of espn leagues he was available jamal williams 56 percent you know benjamin's even higher than that he was my sixth player on my rb shopping list this week so he didn't make the article but he certainly could have and but this is the, the way you got to look at data. You got to mine these little pieces of data, 
find these guys that show up that surprise you when you see volume blips from them. And maybe you don't pick them up right away, but you keep an eye on them. But if I have an empty roster space, I would rather pick up a guy like that, stash him on my bench, and then two weeks, three weeks from now, maybe I'll need him. If you don't and you need another position, then you can probably cut him from your roster and move on if you got better choices. But no, I love those calls. I This is the time of the year where you do have to start adjusting your lineups and, and, and especially your bench. Right. And then so moving to tight ends. And again, I'm not I've got 14, but I'm just going to give you four that I think might be out there. Tyler Conklin, Hayden Hurst, Gerald Everett and Juan Johnson might be the surprise. And uh, so I have been adding those, especially for streaming type situations, uh, bi week fill ins. If they're able to get some targets early, maybe they'll hang around and help you out on bi weeks. So uh, there's others that you, you know, are more prominent, you know. Kelsey and Fryermuth. I mean, most don't help you because they're not going to be there. But uh, Conklin might be Hurst, Everett, and this Johnson probably is there everywhere and might be worth a stash. And again, not in shallow. You know, you don't get rid of Hawkinson to grab one of these, right? But if you have a dead space, yeah, uh, you know, uh, squirrel one of these away for a uh, a bye week fill in, or at least, as you say, keep them, keep watching them. And again, if it's a shallow bench, then they may not be picked up this week. But if it's a deeper bench, and like in some leagues, I'm picking these guys up or trying to. My waivers run tonight, and so I I don't they don't know who I am. I have stupid names to hide under <laughs> so i'm not you know i'm not worried anybody's paying attention here because i don't want to tell them because i don't you know they'll then they'll scrutinize what i'm doing so what you think of those four anybody yeah, interesting he, oh absolutely i love tyler conklin um you've got two really good wide receivers and you got some good backs and that will open up an offense to the tight end to being a threat, and he is getting the targets you want. The other two, Everett, I was on right after week one. I just wanted to take a look and see week one. He was on a lot of my rosters. If I missed out on the elite guys, and then I missed out on Freermuth later, if I went really, really late on tight end, Everett was my guy. And I even had a few shares of Conklin because I liked that positioning with the Jets because I thought he was going to get an opportunity. Also liked Hurst. And why do I like Hurst and Everett? They're good passing games. You got good quarterbacks who are going to find Cincinnati. Yeah. So my deep sleeper then is Juan Johnson, just as a, maybe that's a fan, you know, a daily fantasy sports tournament shoot for the million play or something. He scores a touchdown or two. Could, you know, be very ch- – I don't know his price. Could be cheap. Like I said, you know, might – I mean, he got five and seven targets, so 12 targets 
that gets my interest in the first couple of weeks. So I'm just saying, don't, that's some that people may have not been paying attention to given all the train wreck at, at New Orleans so far. And there's a lot of teams out there in redraft, even 12 and 10, some 10 team uh, leagues that I've seen that, yay, yeah, these guys were all in on guys yeah. like Tanyan or Hunter Henry, Ooh, Hunter yeah. Henry or Albert O or Cole Komet, who have been total bombs yeah. this year. And there's, <laughs> there were a lot of Austin Hooper believers as well yeah, for Tennessee. Yeah. There have been a lot of these guys that were these late tight end yeah. guesses that were yeah. busts. Guesses. And, and it doesn't matter if you guess late on a tight end, because guess what? You can always yeah. make a change. But here are guys you could change to, to yeah. and, 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 and have some yeah. success. So, Dennis, you you named about four or five of the ones that I'm having to add some of these names. I'm not throwing away some of those, but now I'm okay. I got a stream now. Okay, yeah. I was hoping. You know, you go in, I'm hoping that I – so I guess probably too optimistic. Hoping I don't have to stream, but I'm ready if I have to. And that's what I'm doing there. Okay, it's, well, I would yeah. – yeah, so, it's, it's, it's called speculation for a reason. Yeah, sure, you're sure. betting late on somebody. It's not like you took these guys in the first eight no, rounds. No, you know, that's, no. that's why I say I never, ever shame anybody for taking a shot, but just know when it's time to get off if there's a better option. Now, that doesn't mean, like you said, doesn't mean to give up on these guys because they might come around for a better season. But right now, going into week three, yeah. I, if I can get Everett, if I can get Conklin, if I can get one of these guys on yeah. my team or Hurst, I'm going to take him and I'm going to play him. And I'll I'll let the other guys beat me for a week or two before I trust them again to invest. Yeah, and like I said, streaming now. So be flexible. And we talked about that all off season. It's be nimble and flexible. Okay, wide receivers. This guy's probably on everybody's list. Uh, Garrett Wilson. I, 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 the reason I put him on because I think I'm actually bidding uh, my house mortgage on him <laughs> on a couple on a couple leagues. Nobody has picked him up even yet. So uh, I, I knew I had to be aggressive to grab him. Noah Brown, uh, Sterling Shepard. I know people, you know, but hey. I, 10 targets last week. Dorch, we talked about uh, 13 total. The Cole Collins is 12. A guy named Richie James, who? At 12. Palmer and uh, Peoples Jones at 12. So kind of 12 was my cutoff for now. So that, you know, we're talking deep plays here. But if you got a big bench and some of these other ones are sad, Think about adding some of these. And, and Garrett Wilson is a player I've absolutely loved all season. Here's the strategy that I employed with a couple of my redraft teams this year. I secured myself three or four really solid veteran wide receivers. Then I filled up my wide my running backs. I, I added a lot of depth there, so I've ended up with guys like James Robinson on a lot of my teams. So now I'm in good shape with a a good quality back that people were just overlooking because 
when a player has an Achilles uh, tendon injury, they die apparently. So, uh, you know, and they haven't exactly said that J Rob, you know, they haven't admitted that they're wrong on that analysis because J Rob is doing so well. They're just figuring he's going to get hurt soon because that's what then they'll say, told you so. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But one of my strategies was there were three guys that I absolutely loved this year as the rookie wide receiver who is most likely to break out. And those guys were Garrett Wilson. They were Drake London. They were David Bell. Those were my three guys that I loaded up on. And a fourth guy, if I couldn't get one of like two of those three, I was adding uh, Pickens from Pittsburgh to that mix. So those were my four guys of those four, two have really hit well, two have not hit well. And, and that's how you play the rookie wide receiver game, because I got them all late in the draft. You there's still 30% availability of Garrett Wilson on ESPN, which absolutely blew me away. When I looked at it first, I read the data wrong and I thought it was, it was under 30%. So I didn't put him in my waiver wire article, but that was my mistake because I didn't read the data wrong or right. But Garrett Wilson is my 14th ranked wide receiver in weekly values right now. That's how good That's this great. kid has gone. He's up 10 spots, or, four, or I'm sorry, up 19 spots this week. Oh, to yeah. 22, 14. 22 total targets so far. Oh, yeah. Monster. Yeah. And, Monster. and that's the key. Is the volume is the key of why we love chasing this guy. Chasing the volume. You're it's right. not just the points. It's, the, it's chasing the volume. As we've explained, when O.J. Yes. Howard had a big week, that first week with what two touches and two touchdowns, um, boy, that's perfect. not going to continue. That's not going to continue. Perfect. And, <laughs> and and this is the kind of guy that is going to continue. Will Elijah Moore start to pick it up? Will that take away a little bit from Garrett Wilson? You betcha, because defenses are going to put more pressure on Wilson now that he's burned the other team. They're going to see it on the film. But the one thing about talented players is they adjust as well. So I have no doubt. It, Wilson was one of my favorite wide receivers coming in. I was I was upset that I didn't have uh, enough early picks in fantasy dynasty rookie drafts. Well, it was a good thing because that means I had good success last year. But the downside to that is I didn't get too many shares of Garrett Wilson. And he's a guy that I absolutely loved. And I don't care that he went to the Jets. Joe Flacco is making him great. Zach Wilson is better than Joe Flacco. How can yeah. I say that with assurance? Because Zach Wilson will start ahead of Joe Flacco. But Joe Flacco is bringing good good numbers out of Garrett Wilson. So it, this guy is going to be quarter, quarterback proof because he's getting the volume. Yeah. And uh, uh, agree with you there. Just wanted to give you a little hope on Bell. And when you told me, Bell and you're, I started thinking and I said, well, I'm going to wait and see. He hadn't panned out yet, but when there's a quarterback change coming, we all know it's coming. I don't what week 11 or 12, whenever. Yep. Week 12. Yeah. You'd never know. Bell will have all the season to get better. And there's a new sheriff in town and he might, uh, you know, might do better under that situation. So I'm saying it now, week two, 
don't give up on your bell shares yet. Oh, no. no. But if you don't have them, don't rush to get him. But about week 10, start thinking, you know, okay, speculate. That's when you get your dollar for a holler, put him at the end of the bench, see what happens for a week or two. And, you know, if he doesn't work, bail out, you know, you know, hang it up for next year. You know, in dynasty, of course, you keep him, but in redraft, I'm just saying I can see a thin scenario where that guy could return something later. And you see what I'm saying? A new quarterback, yep. just like Noah Brown, I think has history with Cooper Rush, doesn't he? I, I yeah, think been- there's something. They've been thrown to each other as the second stringers forever. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, having, uh, you know, getting uh, uh, touches last week, 14 total, that got me interested. When Dak went down, I started thinking, let me stop pal Noah Brown. Because you don't know how uh, uh, Cooper is going to do with uh, Gallup. We don't know. You know, no. so Brown may be the number two under behind Lamb. I don't know. Just it's a speculation. Just don't invest too much in any of these deep plays. But you know, do something if you've got some a wide receiver five just sitting there. That's not helping you. No, find when, somebody else. Yeah, yeah, when I draft these rookie wide receivers, my belief is that they're going to be sitting on my bench for the first six to eight weeks of the season. I'm looking at this as a fill-in play once the bye weeks get here. And if one of them breaks out, like a Garrett Wilson did, like a Drake London's already done with double-digit point games and lots of volume, then I just sit in there pretty because then I can move them into my lineup sooner than I expected. But I never speculate on rookie wide receivers thinking they're going to do anything for me in the first six weeks. It's all about the upside play as they learn how to play the game. If you want an example of what happens to rookies, Amon Ross St. Brown is all world right now, doing something that nobody in the history of the NFL has done at wide receiver with catching eight passes and scoring a touchdown now in eight straight games. So he's, he's at that point where he's just blowing everything away that we ever understood. His first eight games were lousy last year. So it's just showing that rookies become better in the second half of the season. It happens every year. And then every year we put our hopes in a rookie to come out of the box swinging Sometimes like Drake London, sometimes like Garrett Wilson, they succeed. Sometimes like Jamar Chase, sometimes like Justin Jefferson. But more likely than not, they do the Amon Ross St. Brown route to greatness where they really look bad. They look like rookies in the first eight weeks. Then all of a sudden, the NFL game slows down and they, they're back in their, their comfort zone again. So, yeah, these... I always speculate on the rookie wide receivers. I've been doing this for three years straight now, and nowhere on my teams did I expect them to do anything until the bye week started. So I am very happy that two of the four already hit, and I haven't given up on either Pickens or Bell yet either. So that's how you use data to your advantage, and we'll be back next week for another edition of the Data Lab on For Frequency's Sake 
Professor, great job as always. Okay, before we leave, I will give you props. I remember you preaching preseason this exact strategy, draft those rookies late, and folks were collecting. If you were paying attention to what the old Oracle was saying here, I remember, (laughs) and it woke me up a little bit, and probably about June or July, I started grabbing some Drake London and and, – didn't listen to you on Garrett Wilson, but I grabbed Drake London in about 10 of my 50, and I'm very happy. So I listened enough to benefit, just didn't fully benefit. But I'm listening. I'm, I'm going to be watching Bell. Anyway, I had to jump that in. Well, I appreciate it, Professor. Head yep. on over to scienceoffantasyfootball.com. Check out all the articles by the professor and myself. And come on back next week for another edition of the Data Lab here on For Frequency Sake. Get to work, folks. 